The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Not very often, Holly. Uh, when we when we have an opportunity to talk, uh, it's usually music, or we talk a lot of authors or sports. So there's something about movies that I really love because I don't necessarily know the answers to my question. Ah, I agree. It's also like the magic of the big screen or the little screen, and there's just so much that goes on behind the scenes. So who better to talk movies and talk about uh, the Miracle Club than uh, director Thaddeus O'Sullivan, my friend? How are you? Very good. Uh, good to be talking to you. Thaddeus, we like to ask this skill testing question because we never know where it's going to go. And that is, who are you and where did you come from? I was born in Dublin. I uh, lived in Dublin City and uh, I emigrated to uh, England, to London when I was 18 after school. And then uh, I worked for a few years there, and then I went into higher education. I went to uh, did graphics at art school, and then I did uh, um, film at a uh, at the Royal College of Art. And then I started doing shorts and uh, I worked as a cinematographer. Finally, uh, started to direct. Um, started with shorts, and then um, worked on features, and then. Um, I uh, did a lot of television, worked for a lot for the BBC, but uh, I've been lucky enough to uh, spend all my working life uh, in film. Growing up in Ireland, that sounds like a, a wonderful, fantastic place. My great grandmother was actually from Ireland. Ah. So I always feel like it's, you know, a bit of a home for me, even though I've literally never been there. <laughs> One day. <laughs> One day. Okay. It's on my bucket list. But growing up in Ireland, what was it that drew you to a career path of being in film? No, I mean, uh, I came from a working class family and uh, all my family were tradespeople. Um, there was no sense of a uh, world outside of that particularly. So, um, But when I was a teenager, I got interested in uh, cameras and started to take pictures and and, uh, and stuff like that and, and uh, drifted away from... And then when I moved, uh, when I moved away, um, I was very glad to leave Ireland. I didn't, I didn't want to be there. Uh, I wanted to be somewhere else. When I moved to London, uh, was, it was the sixties. So, uh, everything was erupting. Anything was possible. And there was a, an acceptance of uh, where you came from without, without too much questioning. There's always been prejudices about Irish and working class and, and mm. all that. But somehow London in the sixties was in this wonderful bubble where you could just be anything. So in a sense, it gave me the freedom to think a bit differently and to think that, uh, things were possible. When it came to radio, I was, I liked the idea of radio, but once I had my very first time that I was on air, I was hooked. I was like, this is the greatest job in the world. Can you pinpoint a moment to you where you're like, I like the idea of film, but then this is exactly what I want to do with the rest of my life. I mean, obviously when I went to film school, um, I felt uh, that it was a it was a path, really. I didn't feel, uh, I knew I wanted to make films, but it was when I was on the set of my first short, I think, uh, and uh, I was talking to actors um, who were listening to me and we were had an understanding of uh, of something that previously would have been quite abstract. Hmm. And um, I think that's probably when it came home to me. Uh, this this really, I think I, I can do this. I think when I was at film school, the work I was doing was very avant-garde stuff. We were very interested in the avant-garde in the 60s. There was a lot of uh, avant-garde filmmakers in America um, at the time and uh, who were making diary films, long, 
uh, diary films and what we call. Yeah. And uh, so I was very taken up with all of that. And uh, but the first time I did, um, and but it never, it kind of led nowhere. I didn't feel uh, was me. And uh, when I, uh, as I say, it was on the set of this short film. We had two really, really wonderful actors, and um, uh, something that I had co-written as well. And mm-hmm. uh, I felt it was magical the way things were coming together, and the idea that actors would actually do what you suggested <laughs> actors that you were uh, really uh, enamored of, you know, who were, one of them is Bob Hoskins. You know, even then he was quite famous. We were very lucky to have him. And an, uh, an Irish actor called Brenda Fricker uh, got an Oscar for um, my left foot. So I was in good company and then um, I felt, uh, I felt very good about myself, I have to say. So I think that I'd say that was, that was a moment. Bob Hoskins was interviewed in some newspaper at the time, because as I say, he was quite well known. And he said, uh, you've got this young, uh, we've got this young, uh, young guy, Thaddeus, he's uh, Irish. He said, uh, he has a good career ahead of him. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Whoa, stamp of approval. Stamp of approval. Yeah. And, you know, we all need that and uh, I still need it. I'm glad you said that because the older I get, I thought I'd have everything all together and I'd know what I want to do with my life. And here mm-hmm. I am midlife thinking, am I doing the right thing? <laughs> It's funny how that works, but I think when you have a good foundation of your life, it makes it easier to navigate some of those moments of self-doubt. Well, the foundation for me, I have to say, uh, was I, I hated uh, the, the, the. I just hated living in Ireland, really, uh, and uh, I just needed to get out, and that that was motivation. You know, mm-hmm. I just, you know, if you if you're going to leave something behind, you better make it work, mm-hmm. and uh, so. Uh, no emigrant wants to go back home and say it didn't work. I'm yeah. I've arrived back because I failed. So, you know, once I left, I was never really, I, I, I was never going to go back. I sort of knew that. Uh, but if I ever did, I was going to be, I was going to have done something with my life that was, um, useful. I find that there's a lot of actors now who then want to step uh, from being in front of the camera to behind it was your thoughts of ever i want to also be i want to do a whole bunch of acting and directing or was it just no this is where i feel like i'm led to be no i never i never felt that i always felt very shy i imagined in that imagined role uh i wouldn't i couldn't no i didn't uh, i never thought of anything else really um mm. i started out with uh um, as a photographer, uh, m- more. And then I was a cinematographer at college and the 10 years after I left college. And, um, uh, but I've, al- I've always wanted to direct. Um, and, um, just working as a cinematographer was m- more of a means to an end, really. I was getting a lot of experience working with uh, other directors and, uh, being on a set and working with actors and the whole thing. Cause when you're a cinematographer, you're up there at the front and you're, you know, you're making, People are relying on you a lot, so it's a lot of responsibility. So that was quite a good, a good uh, training to give me a bit of confidence when I did go on my own set and was sort of in charge. When you had mentioned uh, that you started out with shorts, is there a difference when it comes to directing, doing shorts or a film or a TV series, or is it all the same whether you're doing one or the other? A, a short has to be like a short story, I guess. It, it has to have a uh, within it, uh, in this mise en scene, it's got to have aspects of the story which the 
the picture's not necessary. The dialogue is not necessarily going to tell you. Um, and, but you have to lead an audience into imagining things that are not on the screen and uh, either through the dialogue or through the mise-en-scene. That's really hard uh, because every everyone has to be uh, suggestive and not loaded, suggestive but not loaded, and um, keep, keeping an audience is, uh, intrigued and uh, just getting enough exposition to, to stay in that, interested in that world um, just until it's resolved, until whatever the problem is in the story is resolved. The one I made was... Um, it was uh, it was called the woman who married Clark Gable. It was a very funny story, quite a, a strange story about um, an Irish woman who marries uh, a Protestant Englishman in Dublin, and it's about how they how they get on and how they don't get on. And she has this fantasy that he's Clark Gable, mm. and that's Bob Hoskins. And if you know Bob Hoskins, he couldn't look more like Clark Gable than the table I'm I'm sitting at. <laughs> And she puts a moustache on him. And he says, what's this for? And she says, never mind. You'll look, <laughs> you'll look better with it. And it turns out that she's she's fantasizing that she's living with Dark Abel. So she goes to the priest and she says, I'm really worried about the sin I keep committing. And he says, what's that sin? She says, I'm living with my husband. But And he says, that's fine. She said, but the, the sin is that I'm imagining he's somebody else. And and that, so anyway, we... <laughs> It was a funny story. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you say about that short how you got to work with like a dream cast that you were just so excited to be with them. Uh, when I take a look at your cast for the Miracle Club, that would be like my dream crew mm. to hang out with: Maggie Smith, Kathy Bates, Laura Linney. Talk about the film. Why did that film and that story draw you to being a part of that project? I was originally approached. Um, some years ago, uh, to, by HBO when they were doing it. And, uh, um, it didn't work out at the time. And then years later, um, a writer I was working with, uh, on a BBC project came to me and said, I believe that you've been involved in this project in the past. I've been asked to do a rewrite. He said the producer would like you to come back and get involved. I did. And at that time, uh, Maggie Smith and Kathy Bates were already interested in it during the period that I was developing. Uh, the project, uh, Laura Linney came on board. And, um, then after that, we, well, we obviously cast the rest of the, the rest of the crew then. So, um, yes, in answer to your question, uh, they were extraordinary uh, to work with. Um, I've, I felt incredibly lucky hmm. to be suddenly there on the set with these extraordinary people. And, um, uh, very anxious, uh, at first, but, um, you know, once you settle into doing the work, uh, because there are cons- consummate professionals, it, you get, um, you get on with the work. And, um, uh, and it was all, you know, the shooting itself was all quite straightforward. It, it just, everything took so long to get there because availability of the actors, the scripts weren't ready, money wasn't ready, pandemic. Uh, illnesses, it was everything that you could think of that could delay us, delayed us. And I just thought this, uh, it, was, it was sheer willpower that got that film made. Um, I just thought we'd never, we'd never, we'd never, I knew we were going to make it. I just, <laughs> I just didn't know when. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and in which lifetime? <laughs> <laughs> um, when you see, or when you have uh, actors who have quite the resume that, that they do, 
when you go into a film, how much say do they have in their character development and how much is it, listen, I'm the director. This is what I think the film should look like. Well, I mean, one of the nice things about the, about uh, my experience of film is that it's a collaborative experience. Hmm. I don't dictate. Um, and, um, uh, directing is, uh, is, is a kind of, um, is a soft shoe shuffle, really. You, you know, you don't, you don't go around shouting at people and telling them what to do. You make us, you make a, you make situations in which they feel comfortable to do, you know, to work. And then, and then the, by the time you get to the set, you both know what you're aiming for. And the actor might say, you know, is that working? Or you might say, that's not quite working. Uh, we'll, we'll try it again. Or you might say something more specific, like, uh, I mean, it can be a very technical thing. Raise your voice, lower your voice, speak more slowly. Mm. Okay. Um, and, and some actors don't like to be talked to like that. And a lot of actors do. They're like simple technical uh, things because that often is the issue. You can have a long intellectual conversation about the character on the set if you've time. And, uh, and that could be interesting. But quite often it goes around in circles. You know, you, you really should know the character pretty clearly before you, you set the foot on the set and the actor would feel well actor would feel very very discombobulated if they didn't know where they were going with the character um so yeah. really the simple answer is that a little bit a little push here a little push there and uh, but you're all in this together and um mm. a lot of the time there isn't actually much conversation going on um when to set it up what i like to do and with actors is to make sure that they know the designer they know the cameraman they they know what they've done and then they they're on the set and they you know there's the wallpaper and there's the chair and and there's the this and there's the that and some actors are not interested and some actors very much are our actors mm-hmm. are very interested in that in particular Kathy Bates who her home with her family was very important to her so she would go around that set you know poking her nose into everything and uh, mm. she was discovering all kinds of things that the designer had done or put on the set, and she would say, "Oh, look, this is really interesting." And and uh, so that'll be her way in. Uh, and um, and then I might be watching her, and I'd say, "Well, we can start the scene with that if you want. We don't have to start it here. We can start it there if you like that." And um, and that kind of thing, I think, is a, a way of building a relationship as well as you know telling the story because that's all it's all about telling the story. So you know, you might say, "Well." That's good for the story, that idea. Let's, let's see if we can elaborate that. Um, in your words, in a quick synopsis, what is the story of the Miracle Club? The story, it has a very simple strap line, which is what got me interested in the first place. A bunch of working class women from Dublin go to Lourdes looking for a miracle. And I just thought that is a brilliant, brilliant idea. And, uh, I hope I can get to make that film. Uh, so the women, uh, they they managed to, uh, with great difficulty, extract themselves from their homes and they go on the road. It's a sort of a road movie. They get to Lourdes and when they get there, they may never going for a miracle because that's what Lourdes is supposed to be about. But they're, they're, they're going for, nobody goes to Lourdes without wishing for something, uh, mm-hmm. even if the most simple spiritual uh, experience. And uh, that's what Lourdes offers because uh, there was something we talked about a lot when we were writing is uh, the Lourdes effect. And uh, the Lourdes effect, for us anyway, was when people go there and they have this unexpected relationship with this place. 
where they look around them and they see all these people who are perhaps very ill, disabled, uh, and they're all there for uh, some spiritual uh, reason. That sense of uh, spirit of the spirit takes over, I think, a lot of people who are not interested in that particularly and quite surprised themselves. Anyway, that's what happens to our ladies. They get there and they feel, uh, you know, you go to Lourdes and something's got to happen. Uh, and it forces them, uh, if you like, into facing themselves. The Laura Linney character says, you know, you must, you, you know, she drops the bomb. <laughs> but they, they know uh, they can't walk away from it now. They're trapped. Because if they go home, this is not discussed, but I hope it's sort of, you kind of sense it. They know if they, if they go home, and le- and walk away from all of this, they are they'll hate themselves and uh, mm. they'll feel more guilty than they ever did, which is the problem that they feel very guilty about the past and the things that they've done or not done. So they face up to it, and that's what Lourdes uh, becomes for people. Is it easier or difficult when it comes to doing period pieces and uh, as a director making sure that things are to the certain time that you are filming a movie? I like to do period films, so they're more expensive and more difficult. And uh, this was a period uh, that I was uh, very close to my my heart because I left Ireland in the mid sixties, and yeah. uh, when I set it, and it's, and that was one of the reasons I set it then was because I felt that it was something I could I could talk about, I'd know about, and feel comfortable telling the actors because the actors would. Kathy uh, <laughs> Bates said to me, uh, uh, Maggie Smith said to me one day. I want to talk to, um, we need an advisor, don't we, on the set about religion, Catholicism, and all the, all the processes. And I said, you're looking at them. You know, ask me any question you like. <laughs> and so, you know, it was making making them feel comfortable that they were in this uh, slightly alien world and uh, that they could uh, they were working with somebody who was able to say, that's right, and that's wrong. Yeah. Um, and that's not about directing. That's just about giving advice, you know. Speaking of advice and faith, how important has your faith been to you as you've navigated the TV and film industry? Well, I had a lot of faith when I was very young. And uh, um, we, I was brought up a very strict uh, Catholic. And um, But, you know, that uh, life has changed and I've moved on. I think when I went to London, um, I was just so it's just such a need to get away that in a sense I dropped everything, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I left everything behind me. And um, I mean, I do. I went home and didn't fall out with my parents or anything. Um, but uh, Ireland was a. I was. I was so busy making distance. Uh, I d- didn't. Uh, I didn't really take into consideration my spiritual life at all. Um, and you know, as you get older, your spiritual life is uh, um, acknowledged or, or rather manifest through your love for your your family, your your wife, your children, or whatever. That's, I think, about as close I get to um, the spiritual experience these days. But that's important to me. And uh, the more you get older you get, the more you think about it. And um, the more spiritual you feel, just waking up every day thinking um, when you hear about uh, a colleague or a friend who's who's very, very ill or has died, Mm. uh, you're thinking how lucky you are and and how important it is to take advantage of the next moment and not to waste it. You talk about uh, getting things out of life and, and the experiences when we go to the film, when we sit down to watch it, when we have our popcorn and our pop ready. What do you hope as a director that us watching it will get out of the film? 
Uh, well, I was talking about lurids and what people get uh, get going there. There, and and I think that um, it's not to say that lurid has done this, uh, but uh, I'm saying that uh, the people have done this to themselves. The characters hmm. have to themselves. But uh, lurids demands that uh, you feel something, and uh, and I think when the women got there, they demanded that they they felt that 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 it, this should be a catharsis. Maybe that's a bit strong, but that this should be an event in their lives. It's not to go wasted, and because uh, they're old, some of them, and uh, when they go home, they might not get back. The Maggie Smith character says, "You know, it's my yeah. life. so." So they decide to face it, uh, and um, I think what they face is the past and their guilt. What they talk about is what they do is uh, reconcile themselves, and I think what they they experience is hope. Um, and um, I think the baths at the end are very important for me in that respect. Cause it's like a baptism. And uh, a cleansing, but it, it's not the baths that does it. They they do it. Uh, they she says she's sorry before she gets in the bath, and she tells her the story of the of the past. At last, she tells her the truth, which is mm. a confession before she gets in the bath. So the bath is like absolution and um, and uh, a cleansing. Our podcast is called Why Me Project, and so we always like to ask our guests about any Why Me moments that they have had in their life. Uh, people can ask Why Me in a valley when things aren't going well or when things are going great, and they're just surprised that this is happening to them, and they say, Why Me? Have you had any Why Me moments that you can share with us today? Well, I guess the extended one is uh, meeting my wife uh, and um, being in love for uh so long with the with the, with the same woman and having children. How many years? Uh, Thirty-two years, and that's my third wife. I knew what I was after. By that time, I was uh, absolutely certain uh, I wasn't going to make uh, certain mistakes. And um, uh, looking back, uh, uh, in this instance, I did not. So hardly a day goes by where I don't uh, just think how wonderful it is uh, to mm. be with. Her. So there's that, and uh, and I think sitting on the set with those three actors, I think that was a why me moment. <laughs> it would be for me too. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> I think the yeah. first day on the set. Uh, well, the first day on the set was terrifying. Probably um, two or three days on, when we got into a kind of a rhythm, and uh, I probably felt very much like I did when I was doing my first short, which is. God, this is for me. I really, I'm really enjoying this. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Even that you've been doing this for so long, and yet here you are getting ready to start a movie, The Miracle Club, and you still felt moments of like, oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nerves. Exactly. And that's how lucky I am uh, to be able to work on the same, like we were saying about, you know, radio, uh, to, to, uh, to do what it is that you like to do for most of your life. Yeah. The most fantastic privilege. Yeah. I'm into that. Uh, the Miracle Club in theaters. Uh, Thaddeus, my friend, we are so appreciative of you taking some time from your busy schedule and hanging out with us today. Great. It's been a pleasure. Ladies, what's the name? The Miracles. First prize, two tickets to Lewis. Best of luck. What do you want to be going to Lourdes for anyway? I always wanted to go there. If you go out that door, don't even bother coming back. Miracles happen there. He could speak. How are you, Chrissy? Hi. I wouldn't have recognized you. Forty years would do that, do you? Congratulations. You're coming to Lourdes. 
Who's going to have to do the cooking and the cleaning? Not me, I can tell you, that's your job. What will I do on my own? I'll be back before you know it. Welcome to Lourdes. Here's I am sharing with you. <laughs> Is there only one bed? Your mom wouldn't be fussed. I am not my mother. Ain't that the truth? come to Lourdes for a miracle, Eileen. You come for the strength to go on when there is no miracle. You're still alive. <laughs> Just about. And there's always hope. Peace. That's what I hope for. I love talking film, Holly, because it's something that we don't necessarily know a lot about. And we get mm-hmm. to deep dive and ask the questions that um, they're probably like, yeah, we get that. We, we understand, <laughs> but we don't. I know it's all new and exciting. And I love how Thaddeus, even now, years into his career, is still like he gets like the excitement and the butterflies and the nerves heading to first day on set. I love that. Do you do you still get that yourself? I mean, thinking back, I was thinking about this the other day where there's a lot of I now don't get the nervous excitement. I get the excitement of I wonder what's going to happen excitement. No, I get it all. Do you? I get like pre-game tummy rumbles like if i have to to do something live oh man i got like (laughs) this is tmi but bring up like the extra you know secure antiperspirant and like all right we we're doing this (laughs) it's been 20 years (laughs) you look at this cast i think i would almost feel that way though because you look at the cast you look at what they've been on the films and that it's like oh wow we're all going to be hanging out together. Yeah. When I saw Laura Linney in, was it Love Actually? Yeah. I just, I loved her. Truman so, Show is, is what I, I enjoyed Show? her in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like Maggie Smith, Downton Abbey, um, Kathy Bates in everything. Yeah, it's I just can. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I just love that this story is going to be focusing in on miracles and mm. hope. And I think that's something a lot of us can use in this particular season. And it's funny because I feel like that's something that we have uh, talked about for the last three, four, five years. Yeah. And we're still in the midst of needing it. Yeah, absolutely. So make sure you head out and uh, watch films. As we say with every film, the first couple days are huge when it comes to a film being released mm-hmm. and whether or not they're going to get more more time in theaters. So it's really an opportunity for us to show how uh, much we want to be uh, seeing these types of films. Yeah, absolutely. So check it out July 14th. There you are. Uh, thank you to everybody who has jumped on our Twitter, our Facebook, our Instagram, all of our socials who are downloading each and every week because without you projectors, it would just be Holly and I talking to each other. Yeah, which, I mean, it's fine. I'm fine it's, with it, Johnny. It's okay, it's okay but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we ask these things of you because it helps spread the word and it helps get these incredible yeah. stories out to people who are curious or needing inspiration. So Thank you so much for downloading, rating, reviewing, uh, subscribing, checking yeah. us out on our new YouTube. We want to get Woo-hoo. to a thousand eventually. So yeah. uh, please find us on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell and all those things. There you go. And uh, places like Edify and faithstrongtoday.com. Yeah.